Welcome to Two Dabs. <laughs> uh, my name is Michael Booth. My name is Mikey Towie. And bringing you the first episode, first installment of the Two Dabs podcast here today. Long awaited. Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I think we're both experiencing um, some new, some new, uh, some new life experience with this uh, haziness, this cloudiness, this fire smokiness. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm just gonna talk about it a little later. Yeah. Um, when, we, when we get into current events. But yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, I've noticed that for myself i've noticed that it's it's thrown off my like sense of time i don't I, smoke? I, I mean yeah well california in general i mean reminds you of being yeah. at home huh um for right. real yeah the overcast that's what it reminds yeah. me of dude the overcast is people that's what i've been trying to explain to people and i've been on meetings and stuff so i'm like yo like people are like it's so weird i can't tell when it's like nine o'clock or like two o'clock or like five o'clock and i'm like that's washington nine <laughs> yeah. months out of the year and then what's so funny, it's so incredible how many people who have, like, vacationed there once then insist to tell me what the weather is mm-hmm. like in Washington. They're like, no, I, I was just there. No, it's not. It's like t- and I'm like, when were you there? And they're like, like, July. And I was like, oh, okay, you were there during the nice 23 I was going to say, if you're there from the, the third week pot. of July to, like, the middle of August, that's, <laughs> like, the only good time. Yeah. <laughs> You caught the really nice 24 days. Everybody's just outside getting baked in the sun. Just, ah! <laughs> everyone's pale and burning. It's 68 and everyone's in short shorts and tank tops. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I missed that because it was like, it was like a reunion. of We all were in our dens. <laughs> we all came out to hang out and <laughs> we're like, ah, the sun! Fuck! <laughs> And the water was still. I remember going to the lake as a kid. The water is just still freezing cold. Or you go to the river, it's just like oh, glacier dude. melt. <laughs> so cold, so cold. Yeah, people. People don't. Yeah, it's all right though. That feels good. It's good for you. Yeah. You know? I'm timing down right now too. I'm doing. Oh shit! Dab. Of course, got to. For everyone that for everyone that doesn't realize, we called the show two dabs, and Michael's on a tea break. <laughs> So it's actually only fucking one dab, but don't worry, I'll do two dabs for us. Yeah, I uh, I decided to take a little bit of a tolerance break over the um, the past. Uh, it's been about three and a half weeks now for me. I'm just trying to reset the palate, reset the uh, reset the mind, you know. You reset the palate by eating <laughs> celery in between wings. Uh, no, but we'll have an episode where I'll return to return to blazing. It'll be a good one. <coughs> or not. We're gonna have to change the episode, change the name of the <laughs> or show. Or you just have to do two dabs every time. <laughs> to fucking one guy's high and this other guy's not. One, one high, high guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call it one regular, one high. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. Oh my god. Oh man, I've been good, dude. You know, just trying to. It's like I talk to my dad all the time because everybody in Washington, you know, they're getting smoked out too. It's the first time that they've encountered mm-hmm. anything like that. You know, we've been in Cali for a few years, and Californians are used to smoke and fires. 
although um you know this year's been particularly awful but um you know the whole west coast oregon's on fire washington's on fire and uh you know it's uh it certainly adds to the the current events you know and the time frame it's like you know i'm just really thankful i've got a great job and we're moving that along swimmingly um getting some more packaging stuff finished up for a couple of clients oh, yeah. and uh finding some new manufacturers and stuff like that you know so luckily we both work in cannabis which has not been too negatively affected by yeah, COVID. considered essential um, which is actually isn't that crazy <laughs> you never like a few years ago wouldn't think that if a pandemic was to happen, cannabis would be considered essential work. Like it's. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty crazy. And it's interesting too, cause you know, not every state has felt that way. There's a lot of States where like in Massachusetts and other places like that, Rhode Island where their recreational program basically just got like boarded up, you know? And, um, it's going to set them back a long time having to, get back on the horse after that because this stuff is just so expensive yeah so and do you think do you know if it's because they don't classify it as like ag is it like more of a like a luxury thing or i think you know again i think there's just so much there's still all there's just this ridiculous like residual negative connotation with cannabis you know, yeah. like even if states have legalized it, there's still a bunch of people who didn't want that's to. That's true. Yeah. You know, and they're like, you know, that's that's something that's like really tough about. I think a lot of the how the decision making looks from the top down, because most like most people in politics, it's like they have a they weren't like raised in the streets. They weren't mm-hmm. like you know. Even before they got into politics, they probably had a relatively well-built life, you know, around them. Don't get me wrong. It's not for everybody. There's a lot of bootstrap people, and they're some of the best politicians we've had. But, you know, a lot of people enjoy a pretty cushioned lifestyle when they're coming into that world. So I think it it's really difficult for them to understand because even if – even for – you know, you're going to get paid yeah. regardless – you know, there's a lot of government employees who are not going to, but no matter what, it's like your senators and congressmen are fucking always going to get paid. Your governors, your yeah. mayors, you know, all these people. So it's like, you know, really easy for them to make these decisions and then not have to really feel the effects of them as much as, as other that people. That makes a lot of sense. But um, yeah, man. Like not have yeah, being not having to really feel the effects of of a decision being made. I think that's kind of almost uh, transcends into other things rather than politics too. Just kind of being at like a, at the top of something and kind of you know enforcing decision or leadership. You don't. I don't think you really necessarily have to feel the effects of it yourself <clears throat> when you make like a decision or cut something or uh, like you're. I think like a, as a I, don't, I mean, just as a leader of something, you kind of have to, like, take into account things. But personally, it's not something that you're, like, you wouldn't cut your own pay. Like, some people do. Like, there's there's very few cases, I think, where, like, there's, I've seen, like, this, there's a CEO, I don't know his name, but he, like, cut his salary to 70K. 
Um, and then he made everybody else's the same at his company. I think you've probably seen this article. It's like the it just floats around constantly. Yeah, this yeah, was years, years ago. ago. I yeah, this is years ago. Yeah, I, 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 fought, yeah. I saw something though that it was like a f- update with him, and he's still doing it. And it was kind of like just a. I mean, it's a super unique case, but yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, a lot of the time we have, the people in charge don't have to feel the effects of of decisions they make. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, I think it's like one of those common breakdowns between leadership and management and employee mm-hmm. groups, you know. And then it's also tough too because it's like at the end of the day, the a lot of the responsibility for the business starts and stops with those people, you know. Someone who's making eighteen dollars an hour is never going to have to deal with. Uh, board mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, their mind, you know? their mind isn't there. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, for sure. You know, but that's that's that like, uh, that's that continuing issue. So that always boggles my mind. It's just the, you know, like how do we get everyone? Like everyone's living in their own world. You know, everyone's kind of got their own focus. And it's like how do you broaden that, connect it, and that's not just like getting your top people to understand your bottom people but it's also getting your bottom people to understand the decisions that are ultimately necessary and really tough to make at the same time too yeah exactly yeah you know? um and that's um i think though that there is just a general problem with companies being just so profit driven and dividend driven that they don't they don't do enough that's- to value yeah, that's kind of like the other end of it, right? Like, like you, you're like, your decisions are being yep. kind of driven by those things, and yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's like it's like they're they're almost at the at the same, uh, in the same position as the employees sometimes when it comes to you know the making decision based around those things. Um, but dude, I want to get into uh, I want to get into some current event topics with you. Uh, I have one that I believe is very recent. I think it happened. Uh, like a couple days ago, um, the headline. Let, let me hear it, cause you always hit me with that juicy shit, dude. Give me those deets. <laughs> Give me the dirty. Yeah. Deets. So I, 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 the the title, the date on this is September twelfth. So uh, we're recording on the thirteenth. So this is very new. Um, I guess, yes. I guess Conor McGregor, uh, who you know we both know. I'm sure most people do. Uh, allegedly. Was or was detained over sexual assault allegations while on vacation, I believe, with his. Uh, I don't know if it's his wife. I think it's his wife. They have a kid. Fiance. Uh, fiance. Yeah. Married. Oh, sorry, but. Oh. Uh, yeah, I guess he was in the south of France, um, and was taken to police custody and questioned on allegations of attempted sexual assault and indecent exposure. Is what they say. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Which. What is, does that mean? What, what does indecent exposure mean? I think indecent exposure is like look flashing. It up. Look it up. Okay. Look I'm it up. It up. <laughs> yeah, look it up. I want to know what it is. Because if it's you're like, look at dude. Don't try like, to explain that shit. Look it up, dude. <laughs> yeah. If if it's just like showing nips and like abs, I've I don't think it's I don't think it's myself. that. If it's, uh, if it's a dick. The pic, crime of intentionally showing one's sexual organs in public. 
the act of outraging public decency by being naked in a public space is also another definition. So he was showing. Wait. He was flashing. You're telling his, me he was showing his dick. I Conor think, McGregor was. I think just Conor McGregor was just. Somewhere? It was just dicks out in France. There's I think. No is fucking what, way. <laughs> you know, There's no way. <laughs> like it sounds. What it sounds kind of mean? insane. Uh, what is? I guess that's like what that's what they got Harvey Harvey on, right? So. So it's the same thing as like you just pull your you just pull your dick out, you just pull your dick out. That's like in public, and in public counts as like a a hotel, right? I th- maybe I don't. That's a good question. Um, I mean, that's what that's what it starts. You start getting into it, the nitty gritty on this, right? This is the lawyers yeah. we'll talk about. I saw so a meme like, that was showed, like. A, or go sorry, ahead, go ahead. I said I saw a meme that was a. Uh, it was Callan's, or it was Conor McGregor's face, and then it slowly faded into Brian Callan. And I was like, "Oh man!" And then slowly <laughs> faded into Crystalia, and then slowly faded into Harvey Weinstein, and then slowly faded into Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and then, and then it just slow, and then it just like powerpoints into the word, into just the one phrase: slippery slope. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, and, says, uh, and then and then and then it says, "Vote for Joe Biden." <laughs> and it's a campaign program. Don't be like any of these men. Vote for Joe. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> uh, he is uh, denying that all allegations. Um, there actually hasn't been any details released, so I don't have any more information besides this. Uh, I guess that the... Do you think he did it? I mean, he doesn't... Uh, it's hard to tell, dude. Because uh, it does I mean, I don't know the situation. Like, what if... What if it's like he's changing? I don't know where they were. Like, it doesn't say where he was. I think he was at a bar. I'm not sure. Uh, but... Yeah, it's just it's very very interesting, and it seems like the manager said that uh, I'm irate and putting a warning out loud and clear. Conor McGregor is not and will not be a target for those seeking to score a headline or a payday, is what he said. So it's unclear how long he was in custody. I think he was released, um, and I think that I think that he's uh, even been interviewed. Uh, I don't see anything more on this. But I guess he's just been in uh, in uh, in France on vacation for a month now, and he had his children with him too. So that's uh, just got to be not a you know not a good situation. You get detained, and uh, you know his wife and kids are probably worried. Uh, so <laughs> with that, I think uh, what do you what do you what do you got for a current event, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well dude you know i thought it would be um probably pretty relevant for us to talk about the wildfires especially considering that they're across the west coast and obviously that's where you and i have spent most of our time uh, including you know it's there's fires all the way up in washington and oregon and, you know we're seeing some of the most unprecedented I think this is it's been the highest volume of wildfire on the west coast I think in history 
um, and we've burned more square acreage this year than we have in any other fire seasons, even in California. Um, you know, and it's, it's, since we've been down here, it's been every year and it seems to just be something that is continuing to happen and doesn't seem to be getting any better. And it's a little scary, you know, um, for sure, man. Uh, I was, I was kind of taken back by seeing that the entire West coast, the air quality is labeled as unhealthy. Sri and I were looking at that this morning. The entire West Coast. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. uh, it's it's crazy, man. And, I mean, we were kind of talking earlier about, you know, the smoke and seeing it and the, this, the hue. Like, the one thing that's blowing my mind is everybody's making, like, these uh, side-by-side comparisons of San Francisco and Blade Runner. Yeah, of course. If you've seen this online. Yep, yep. It's crazy looking. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's like, whoa. Um it looks like somebody put the Blade Runner music to the like to just drone shots of like the Golden Gate Bridge, the the city, yep. kind of the water. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's been a really popular uh, one. And I mean, it's and it and it's, yeah. it makes sense, right? It's amazing how quickly that can become, you know, how quickly that can feel like a situation that's real, and how how dependent we are on like the change of seasons and like clarity of air in day for I think like mood, you know, and, and other stuff like that and stress relief. And, you know, it's just, um, I think you and I were kind of talking about this on the phone the other day, but it's, it's, it's just so clear to see how, you know, hell and that construct and that concept of Armageddon, like, if you didn't understand what wildfires were, which there's no way you would have, you know, until probably a few hundred years ago, maybe five or six. Yeah. I mean, you would understand what the, you knew that wildfires happened, right? But, like, it, you didn't, you know, it's not like people had the geological awareness that if they lived 300 miles away from the wildfire to understand why they would wake up to, like, a fire red sun that they could, you know, that they couldn't see. And, you know, this, the... Mm-hmm. Their, their mountains blocked out by gray and whatnot, you know, um, you would definitely, yeah. you definitely think it was the end of times. You definitely think that gods were upset with you. You know, you would have any explanation because people would be coming to you and asking you like, dude, what the fuck is going on? You'd be like, oh, well, you know, maybe if you all fucking were better people, this would have happened. So... <laughs> You know, but um, yeah, that's crazy. And the that's like one side also of it. Kind of add to that too, you know, being able to, you know, like use that narrative. That seems like a much more powerful form of control. If you're like like religion back in the day, you know, being able to like having to explain all these, like if there's a natural disaster, um, it almost seems like a, uh, it almost seems like it may be like a, a tool of control. Being like, well, God is angry with you because you're not doing this or that. Oh, exactly, kind of I right? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, I don't... You had to have... You, there's... I'm trying to say, like, two things right now at the same time, so I keep trying to... I keep talking over myself, but... There's no way you wouldn't have been able to have religion, right? Because people didn't know what the fuck was going on. And, they, and it's not their fault. Like, we were, like, we were evolving. We were, like, trying to figure it out. But people, there's people knew how to question, right? It's like a child. They like they figure out how to ask why, before they can even put 
Legos together. Like, what a what a, yeah. what an annoying cart before the horse scenario, right? Like, you can't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't worry about that. Like, like dude, tie your just shoes. exactly, right. <laughs> dude. Go brush your fucking teeth. Like, you can't even grasp this concept yet. Like, eat a vegetable. You know. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Why? Why? Because <laughs> there's fucking macro and micro nutrients that your body relies on in order to run the daily processes of your life, you little fuck. That's why. Oh, why? Yeah, you're crying now because you don't understand that. Okay? No, dude. So it's like... You know, why, yeah, right, why so are there... Yeah, they you start imagine asking you... You're a leader. You're a leader 4,000 years ago. Okay? And the sun is blocked out by wildfire smoke. And people are like, dude, the fuck is going on? Yeah, whatever. You tell them what fucking ever, you know, just to keep them from stopping and asking you. So they go back to work. It's because you cheated on your wife, Carl. That's why the sky is red. Yeah. You, you quit fucking horses. <laughs> Get your dick in your pants, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, that's what would happen to McGregor if he was back then. Maybe you quit showing yourself at Put your restaurants. Dick away. Yeah. God. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but um. Oh man. So anyway, but but realistically, what's interesting about it is that um, you know, we've also had some of the most record heat, and these things compound each other, right? And that's what's really interesting mm-hmm. about California, um, is you know you have not only one of the highest densities of population, but you also have industry and agriculture here, and and um, you also have a lot of heat. And these resources have been getting tapped into in this state for a long time. And there's no sign of it slowing down, right? There's no, um, you know, like, you know, you have some, some people are contemplating leaving. Like, I honestly don't know if, I feel like since I've moved down here, you know, like, I feel like I've, I'm just someone else that's just tapped into the resources that are stretched thin, you know? Um, yeah. I, and yeah, it's like, that. what am I actually contributing to this place and space, you know, versus taking away here? And I think that's like a really big, that's another really big piece of this that I think is, I think everyone is understands, but people don't really have a good way of grasping of how to change it. And that's kind of something I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about was like, you know, I think there's a big push in our age group, especially for like celebrity groups and stuff to talk about you know, planet saving the planet and but I just you know, three yeah. through researching fires, I've like also been researching other environmental impacts and how we actually get these really large temperature increases and like you know, something I didn't know about that I read about is when they're when they are researching and trying to go find good spots for drilling, they send test drilling platforms basically, which are much smaller vessels that can move around and be navigated they're way less they're way less expensive too and what Mm -hmm. they do is they'll go and they'll drill a test hole and if they tap and they hit oil they just start sucking it right but it they it it's a bunch of money it costs millions and millions of dollars to these oil businesses to build the infrastructure to go and get the oil out of there right so they either have to run a, a pipe underground or in the water all the way to the rig the oil rig or they have to Mm -hmm. hook it up to a massive storage system that fills up a tanker that comes by like once a week 
right? Comes and takes it. For sure. Yeah. So, but in the process, they have to then, they have to explore and find these drilling sites and then they drill and then they tap and then only once they know that there's a consistent supply. So basically what they do is they go and they find these spots, they drill, they start getting oil out and they just fucking burn it off of the side of the oil rig while they test the consistency of the drill. It's just burning out of the side. And we're talking massive pipes. We're not talking like an exhaust out of a car. We're talking people-sized diameter pipes that are just flushing crude oil that's just getting burned into the atmosphere. Damn. And it goes on for weeks until they either build... I was going to say, do they have like a limit they can burn or what? It just depends on what country you're in. And the countries get so much money from it. The payoffs, the taxes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Right? And the... Yeah, it's just like we were... Yeah, fuck. And then now what they're doing is they do a different version of it, which is fracking, essentially. Which is... Which is... Slate... Which is basically... They disrupt... There's all of this crude oil that gets moved into these thin layers in between slate rock, basically. And they go and they basically concuss it so that it so juices that out, get, right? Get out. So it juices out. It's like it's like doing flower rosin, right? The problem is. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> the problem is is that that also it it disrupts all of the, you know, it's like it's a it's a fine matrix of rocks and strata that have been created over millions of years. Yeah, it's a natural form naturally. Yeah. Being kept there for a fucking reason, right? And now everyone's water is getting filled with crude oil. Yeah. Or other different flammable gases and hydrocarbons. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the issue was in, in Flint, right? Was the Bingo. fracking. You can just light people are able to just light their toilet on fire, their toilet water on fire. Like imagine you're done taking a shit, you know, and it'll just Yeah. So, Shit. so I don't, I, the way, the reason why I, I bring up the fires is because the fires and climate change and like, you know, I see a like ton of people, I'm going to sound like an old, like white guy right now, but you know, the concern for climate change is not, plastic is a big issue, right? Single use plastics is a massive problem. Fossil fuels are a way bigger problem long-term support of oil and gas and more importantly the lack of global regulation on other countries use right like you want to fuck you want to go down a rabbit hole go take a look at how much coal countries in central asia burn for their power go take a look at the smog cloud that permanently sits over mongolia yeah because they burn so much fucking coal a day to power their growing country that it just will never go away, which is something that the U.S. stopped doing 50 years ago because they know how bad it was. Same with, like, England, populated mm-hmm. countries. England yeah. almost, they almost killed a bunch of people because they were burning so much coal and they get these crazy fogs and the coal smog mixed with the fog and settled 
basically creating poisonous air quality in London. This happened, I think, in the 50s. And a bunch of people died. A bunch of people died. And they had to ban coal. And it was only because they, like, rapidly were burning coal to help, you know, during, like, post-war depression era, right? And then Mm -hmm. this, like, you know, this poison fog smog (laughs) descended on London. Fog smog. It just, (laughs) oh, they started fucking killing old people left and right, you know? Anyway, you know, I... the fires aren't going to stop. That This shit scares me, dude. Like, I, I don't know about the resources yeah, we're tapped. It's really and then what's, what's crazy, too, is then, you know, like, people don't understand PG&E. It's not a public company. That's a private company that owns power and runs power. They just shut you off now because they don't want to cause a spark. Which yeah. is actually, they're not going to pay the money to update their infrastructure, which everyone relies on. To prevent that, to prevent that mm-hmm. shit from happening, so the fire, you know. So you just have, yeah. So it's like people gotta get like, the onus is on the individual supporting these critical infrastructure pieces properly, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, like yeah. unless we are gonna either greatly reduce how much we're using, which nobody is, then we have to start really. To creating some other types of power and make this power invest in it for other countries too you know um yeah and it's it's uh what you're talking about is is scary not only because of what's happening but because of the people in power and the people that are making decisions to change things like you're describing in our country right now i don't think that their focus is on this i don't think their focus is on um on making proper changes, changing infrastructure, setting things up to prevent things from getting worse. I think that uh, we're kind of looking at it with a with a false hope that it's just going to get better on its own, which I don't think is the case. Uh, but I wanted to I wanted to uh, transition from current events um, and uh, kind of get out of a a a topic like the fire and more and talk about a, and introduce a recurring segment on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do, yeah, a, uh, we don't have a cool jazzy name for it right now, but we're going to do some product review. Uh, we're both consumers in the industry and, and have been for some time. And, uh, you know, this, this particular brand is one that was one of the first kind of, uh, consistent brands that I've seen in the, in the market uh, back in the day before recreational when we used to get that we had the delivery service bring it to the house those are the good old days uh, is uh, raw garden concentrates um, they're yeah in my mind one of the more one of the more consistent uh, and cost effective brands that uh, I've seen you know their their price has always been consistent their material uh has been consistent and um, they're very very i believe it's just simple i think they're just trying to you know their whole at least from my perspective the whole uh the brand image or vision seems to be just getting you quality uh concentrate at a decent price they're not flashy they're not uh you know their their packaging and everything and their branding is very simple and um yeah they've been they've been a great uh 
this have good flavors always have good i haven't had a bad experience i don't think with with raw garden yeah and you you uh you have tried almost you've tried all of their products haven't you their diamonds sauces live resis their carts the whole works right Mm -hmm. yeah i've tried yeah they i believe at first it was just the live res and the sauce Mm -hmm. and i think they moved into cartridges and now they have the kind of the diamond line, uh, which is kind of a higher end, um, kind of just diamonds only. There's not very... Not much sauce in there. There's not, not much a, terp in there, excuse me. Not much sauce in there. Not much terp, yeah. No, it's kind um, of annoying, but actually. Still... But you get mostly diamond. Still get... So. Uh, yeah. Which is some people, I think that's kind of a... It's be kind of coming a thing, I think, in the industry. Most people are looking for that diamond only, kind of like almost clear... Uh, concentrate. Yeah. Um, well, so everyone, I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like a little salt. I like a little terp in there. I like I like the diamonds to stay moist. You know, I don't like dry diamonds. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I also, you know, people aren't trying to get gypped out on weight. That's a big issue. So, but yeah, you know, I've always I agree. Yeah. What's your what are what are your some your your, fa- your favorite flavors from raw? Because we've been smoking it for um, a long time. Long time, yeah. We've seen some uh, seen some recurring flavors. They've had some one-offs. Uh, I am a fan of the Berry White. Yeah. I've seen that consistently pop up. That one's been good. Um, and then they've also had a Triple OG that I liked a lot. And, of course, my favorite is a Slimer. I'm real oh, glad yeah. that they oh, yeah. continue to have that. Uh it's such a, and just in my opinion, such a good strain, and it's actually Slimer, which is, <laughs> that's what I like about them too. Is they, it seems like they stick, you know, true to the strain name. They do have some mixes, uh, which a lot of mixes. You know, I think everybody kind of does. Every brand, yeah. you know, you have your, you, I, I imagine you have your leftover, you know, pounds when you're processing and you mix flavor based on smell. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, and what I like about them too is their their social media kind of gives you a, a good window into their process without um, without like Trying breaking too it down hard. too much. They yeah yeah they, yeah they don't. That's the whole thing about them that I like is they're not. I don't think they're like trying to wow you yeah. with anything that they're doing. Um, like their process, you can see that they you know the growing process for the the fresh frozen is pretty minimal. It uh, looks like they use berry hoops and it's in the ground um, and <clears throat> in raised beds. And also, yeah, the, the uh, you know, the, the all the way through the packaging, everything. It's just it, they're not trying to wow you at all. And that's that's what I really kind of like about them. And they've been consistent with that. And like it's, I don't know, as a, as a competitor, I imagine it's hard to like, you know, they're kind of setting the price, like the, they're kind of setting the floor. Like you can't, you know, you have to you have to differentiate yourself to want to charge more. I think because they just have that consistency. Yeah, yeah, they. Um, I agree. I think that's a big, a big success of their business in general is their consistency. I was looking at their BDS analytics this last week, and they represent twenty three percent of the concentrate market. Wow. In California, which is rather significant, you know, if you think about it, um, mm-hmm. they've been around for a long time. They really, I think, really ramped up their production during the 
during 2017, you know, I think that's when we first started smoking them, and then 18, their first year of legalization, and, you know, I think what's always stood out to me, and something I learned about them early, early, was that they're truly vertically integrated, so, you know, a lot of businesses talk about this, but, you know, I think what's, what's critical about it is actually that they are controlling their cultivation, like you talked about, and it's a very low cost, and low input cultivation style, and they're able to do that because, they're in some pretty prime growing location in um, Santa Barbara um, and you know they don't have to do a lot to environmentally control the plants but it's also nice when you're going into extraction you don't you don't need to worry about the post-processing piece um, and very frankly there's a lot of different manipulation you can do around harvest time frames to actually help you in the finished product whether it be THC or other cannabinoid concentrations or coloration and stuff like that too so they you know they have this pretty large space I think it's I think they're up at like a few hundred thousand square feet now mostly like you talked about oh wow yeah low low cost plastic hoop house dep deprivation systems you know and I mean fuck man they harvest with the goddamn tractor right you know there's they're not doing a lot. They've got in-ground drip irrigation systems, you know, that are like mm -hmm. on like the plastic hose tubing with the little holes on it, you know, like it's not. And what's good about that is that they're when you go into the soil, um, and you've got fresh soil, and they're also in um they're in uh, what is referred to as a um uh, like a, a a wine protection area, but there's some great wine uh. vineyards. In like and they're in like a, a whole they're like nestled in between a bunch of these spots that are like family owned wine vineyards and have been for deck for like generations right so not okay. only is it prime earth but it's also you know everything that's being grown around them isn't just like fucking crop it's not celery and lettuce and berries where yeah, they're spraying it's... who knows what and they're treating it with mm -hmm. whatever and they're feeding it with whatever you know so they haven't decimated the fucking water table over the last 200 years you know and in their surroundings are not having to worry about kind of what you just mentioned you know like the spray off you exactly. know overlapping yep. into their area or anything like that yeah so so low cost and then you know they also they have their own manufacturing obviously and so they're they get to dictate exactly what they're making when they're making it they get to take the sales data head-on and immediately apply it in their and how they roll out their future products and their other SKUs, and then also what they are ultimately putting in the ground for their cycles um, so you know they're gonna be a major player for a long time they're ran by a good group of people they've got a lot of smart people on their team they were self-funded early on, so they haven't taken a bunch of money. So, you know, they're able to really kind of run their own playbook, which I think is really impressive. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, they, they've they been volume-driven from the get-go. And they've always been $5 cheaper than just about anybody else that's out there. And they'll be able to continue to beat that and do that um, because of the way they set their business up. So... You know, I think, and, and, and it's interesting, too, because especially in times like these during COVID where you have just in, in not only a worldwide pandemic, which is once in 100 years, but also you have one of the worst cannabis 
one of the worst cannabis dry spells that you've seen since legalization. Um, and so you just, yeah. so the fact that they continually come out with the same product that's similarly priced, you know, all the time, you know, they, they have just an mm-hmm. incredible customer base that are even a lot of can, uh, connoisseurs because people know what they're going to get. And that's not something you can do exactly um, when you don't have control over all of your supply chain. So, um, you know, Raw Guardian gets, a, gets great markings in my book. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see what they do over the next five to ten years. Yeah, dude, I, I am too. And I really agree with what you were saying earlier about you know, having control, you know, with their supply chain and, and right. not, not having to white label or buy, you know, and kind of throw it under their brand. They really have, you know, that control to stay consistent. And yeah, uh, I, I really, you know, have enjoyed, I've enjoyed all their products. And I think that they're, they're really smart about that, about introducing, you know, I think it was recently where they introduced the diamond line into the market. And I think that they're, you know when they Thoughtful. when they went when they came in with cartridges as well. I think that they're they're really uh, they when yeah when they come out with it, it's it's there. It's already got the you know it's they're not um, they're not you know running it running as they go. They're kind of yeah methodical and yeah. Raw Garden's great. Um, when I when I break this tolerance break, uh, I'm gonna mm. start out with flour at first. I don't want to get too uh, too crazy, but I'm definitely there gonna go. get some raw garden. Uh, you know as a true or something else by the yeah. uh, hopefully they got some berry white on the shelf or some slimer i'll have to snag a gram or two yeah <laughs> yeah you never know like a, that's a, another interesting part yep. of of the industry is just the waves of like uh strains and how strains become really popular and then everybody has this flavor and then everybody kind of gets tired of that and something else yep. comes and takes the place of it we've seen several strains now do that i feel like Purple Punch is one of those, like years ago. A uh, year, um, like, now like it's kind a of year like... ago, or two years ago. Purple Punch was like all <laughs> was of say, 2018. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. man, you're now your I Mac feel like it's. And... Uh, I was gonna say Mac and like uh, peanut butter uh, breath mm-hmm. and um, GMO. Let's see, the Biscotti, really yeah, one. GMO, gelato. Uh huh. Gelato in the uh... air. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that dude? Is yeah, that young Dolph? Uh, I think that's Young Dolph. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, man, there it is. I think it's the uh, that's the that's the first the first episode of two dabs Dude, in the books. Wrapped it up, baby. Um, Good shit, man. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, it's great talking. Uh, we'll have to. Uh, yeah, we're definitely yeah definitely doing this again. What am I saying? We're yep. <laughs> Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, see you later. Peace.